Thank you for your divine throne room tonight that we have access to through Jesus Christ. And so, Father, tonight we do thank you for all that you have provided. We thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit. We make room for him tonight. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And you're the one who reveals Jesus Christ to us. We need your ministry tonight. We need you to open our spiritual eyes. But our spiritual ears. And as the psalmist said earlier, we do circumcise our hearts before you tonight and ask for a word from your throne room, Father. Father, everything that takes place from this point on, you deserve the glory, the praise, and the honor for every manifestation. And we do give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue our series teaching on the foundation of the church. Started that last last Wednesday. The foundation of the church. I want to begin in the book of First John, chapter three. First John, chapter three. The foundation of the church. We talked about that last. We talked about that was the revelation that Jesus Christ is the anointed one. He is the rock. Amen. Verse 8 says, He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the Bible says the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came. To destroy the works of the devil. To destroy everything that Satan had brought upon mankind because of Adam's sin. That's what Jesus came to rectify. We need to always keep that in mind. Jesus came, God came in the flesh to reverse the curse, to bring mankind back into relationship with God through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we want to keep that in mind as we go forward in our teaching. We always need to understand that Satan has been, the devil has been defeated. And Jesus has been exalted. Amen. Amen. And so now we can experience divine freedom because of what our Savior has done. And it's through the power of God, through the anointing, that we see freedom for us. 
It's through Jesus, the anointed one, and his ability to produce the anointing, the bird-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. That is how we experience this deliverance from the works of the devil. Amen. You have to see yourself made free forever by the blood of Jesus. You have to see, see yourself and call yourself free from every yoke of bondage because of what Jesus Christ has done. This is the foundation of the church. This is the revelation that should be the foundation of the church. That Jesus is the anointed one. And that anointing is relevant to our generation and we can experience and should experience it on a moment by moment basis. Can I get an amen? amen. Now I want to go now to the book of Luke chapter 4. And we want to see what Jesus says about the anointing or the power of God. says here in verse 17, And there was delivered unto him, talking about Jesus, the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Old Testament scroll was delivered to him. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And this is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, hallelujah, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. So Jesus says God anointed him to bring freedom and deliverance to mankind. That is what the anointing was for. The Spirit of God came upon him for that purpose. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ear. He said, this day. You know, most people want to put it out for later on. Jesus said, no, no, this day is the anointing made available to those who will have faith in the anointing. This day the captain can be set free. This day the brokenhearted can be healed. This day... There is an anointing because of what Jesus Christ has done to set you free from every yoke of bondage that may be trying to hold you back from what God has called you to do in your generation. The most important thing that we must do, though, is realize that this book is a now book. The word of God is a now word. It was written, this happened thousands of years ago. But that anointing that was on his life is just as prevalent and powerful as ever before. 
And Jesus told us in the book of Matthew last week that the anointing or that rock or that revelation of the anointing that the church's foundation was supposed to be built on that. And yet I'm amazed at how many people still think that Jesus Christ or Christ is Jesus' last name. They have not got the revelation that the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God was in Jesus Christ and upon Jesus Christ and it's still upon him and it's upon his church now. We are the anointed because the anointing flows from the head unto the body. What we have to do, we have to Gain this, this identity. We have to lose what I call a sin consciousness. And begin to walk in a power consciousness. I'm going to say that again. We need to lose the sin consciousness. And begin to walk in a power consciousness because we have the, a knowledge of what he has done for us and what has been made available to us through the anointing that's on him. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So this revelation, well, let's, let's, go to, let's go back to Matthew chapter 16. I want us to look at that. Maybe some of us weren't here last week and we want to put our eyes on Matthew chapter 16. Not gonna read the whole account when he was talking to Peter and dealing with Peter, but we want to focus on verse 18 of chapter 16. After verse 17, where Jesus tells Peter, You're blessed because you received the revelation from God the Father. He says, I say also unto thee. That thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now again, some people have erroneously thought that the rock that he was talking about was Peter. That he was going to build his church. Thank God the, the church isn't built upon a man. Amen? But the rock that he's talking about is the revelation that Jesus is the anointed one. That's the rock. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The revelation that Jesus is the anointed one, and hell will, can never and cannot overcome his church. Somebody needs to drink that in tonight. You've been, the devil, the devil has been lying to you talking about he's going to overcome you. You need to understand that Jesus Christ, the head of the church, says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church who understands that he is the anointed one. When we understand that, 
we begin to understand that we have been made one with him. Hallelujah. And that same anointing, glory to God, that is upon him dwells on the inside of you and I. Glory to God. The good news is that if you are born again, you are spiritually connected to him forever. And this life that I'm talking about tonight, it begins the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That anointing, that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is dwelling at that moment, at conception, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, when he gives you that new spirit, you become now the anointed one in him. Can you see that? That, that? That's the key. Can you lose your carnal mind and gain the mind of Christ? Can you see yourself? Can you begin to see yourself by way of the scripture as God sees you? Can you see yourself connected with him? Who is the ruling, reigning monarch of eternity. The one who is the everlasting God. The king of glory. Can you see yourself made one with him because of the anointing? You got to see yourself that way. If you're going to experience the things that God wants you to experience. And, and again, this is... Revelation that is foundational. It's the rock that the church is built upon. And it's important that you and I renew our minds along these lines so that we can begin to tap into those things that have been freely given to us by way of the cross and his resurrection. I love Pastor Goodluck, the way he used to put it all the time. You are no longer ordinary. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new for you. If you can believe it. If you can receive it. Hallelujah. I must begin to see myself as God sees me and reverence the revelation that Jesus Christ has set me free forever to experience God. Not just when I get to heaven, but because of the anointing right here on earth. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that has that understanding. No bondage can keep you bound. No sickness can keep you bound. No demon can hold you back if you can understand that. What the devil is afraid of is that the church will begin to understand what has been done for her. What has been made available to her by way of our Savior, His sacrifice, 
and His resurrection. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And that anointing is here tonight. And when you leave out of here, it's going, you're going to take it with you. Because you're going to take Him with you. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go. And that's what the devil has been... He's been fighting the church along these lines since the beginning. Because if we can ever get a revelation of the love of God and the mercy of God, we just have not got a revelation of it. Because if we did, we'd understand our Father has not left us wanting for anything. There's a table prepared before us in the very presence of our enemies. And God is wanting his people to finally sit down at that table and begin to eat that which has been prepared before the foundation of the world. The marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be wonderful. Amen? But there's a table right now being made prepared for us in our generation. And God wants us to glorify Him as we partake of it. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go to a several scriptures in the book of Ephesians. We're going to go to chapter 2. Verse 1. Now, Paul says here in verse 1, and you have to, here, here's the key to this. You have to see yourself in the Word. When you read the Bible, when you read your New Testament, see yourself in the Scriptures. When Jesus read that Scripture out of Isaiah, he saw himself in the Scriptures. He was quoting Isaiah's prophecy about him as the anointed one. And you hath he quickened. You had he made alive. You had he empowered by the power of the Holy Ghost. And with the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'll get there when I get to heaven. No, he says right now. And you had he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Let's look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together. Notice how the Bible puts that. Hath, it's already done. He's made you alive together right now. You're, as you sat there, as I stand here, I've been made alive. You've been made alive in him, with Christ. That's how God views you. He sees you alive in his son. With divine power and abilities by way of the mighty Holy Spirit. He wants us to begin to... Stop looking so much out here and beginning to look in here. 
Begin to understand that you have been made qualified because of what he has done and what he's empowered you with. Even when you were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. Then the scripture says, by grace are you saved. I love it. I can't earn none of this. I'm going to say it again. I can't earn none of this. Oh, we need to get that. I get this because of grace. I get this because of the mercy of God. I get this because this was the plan of God. Before the world was even created, he planned it this way. Somebody need to hold that. Somebody need to get that tonight. Somebody need to walk out of that prison tonight. Because those prison bars cannot hold you in alone. Those chains cannot hold you in there. When you get a revelation of this, you'll begin to understand that you are free. Now, verse 6. And had raised us up, talking about you and I, together. <laughs> and made us sit together. Right now, right now. I ain't waiting till I get to heaven to sit together. I, I, I'm not waiting till I get to heaven when God had already told me that there's a holy of holies and I got access to it by the blood of his son. I'll not be denied. Religious minds will be, I won't be denied, no more. What belongs to me, he has bought. And I receive it in the name of Jesus. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> My God. That means that I'm there now. I'm there now spiritually. I'm there now. God sees me there now. He wants me there now. I'm accepted now. I've been, the Bible says I've been accepted in the beloved. God before me, who can be against me? No devil in hell can. And no Pharisee can either. Coming out. I say I'm coming out. It's time we get to what we're, where we need to be. It comes by revelation. It comes by an understanding of the love of the Father. John chapter 17. Let's go there. Now, this is Jesus Christ, and he's praying to his Father. You don't see a whole lot of that in the Bible, in, in the Word of God, where God is, where deity is talking to deity, but you see it from time to time. In this particular chapter, it opens our eyes up to how deity thinks and how deity communicates on another level than natural man. And this is what Jesus says to his father in verse 21. 
This is, this is the will of God. Because Jesus always prayed the will of God. That they all may be one. Who is he talking about? You and I. Don't get religious on me. You and I. As thou father art in me. And I in thee. That's deep. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's deeper than any carnal mind can, can want to go to. The carnal man begins this, oh, no, 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 that, that can't be possible. It's possible because God said it's possible. That's what makes it possible. Because God said it's possible. Because the head of the church prayed this. Says, thou father art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. How do I see that? In my mind, I see it. There's this circle. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in that circle. And they've invited me into that circle. Oh, you unholy thing. How are you going to get in there? The blood of Jesus. That's the only way. I know, I know no other way than the blood of Jesus. And the mercy of God. And the love of God. And this is what Jesus wanted. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Gets even better, verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me. I, the head of the church, have given them. <laughs> Think about that. He says, Father God, the, Father, the glory that you gave me, I have given to them. <laughs> so that they can be one, even as we are one. <laughs> That is mind-blowing. That deity would want to have that type of relationship with us. And, 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 and nobody had to talk him into this. This is the perfect will of God. This is what he wanted. This is why Jesus went to the cross. This is why he was anointed And this is why he wants us to understand that this is the revelation that the church is built upon. On the foundation that Jesus is anointed to bring us into this type of fellowship with the almighty God. I'm going to read that again. We need to meditate on this kind of stuff. It'll take away all fear. It, it, it'll start removing some of that doubt and that unbelief that's in your soul. That, that unworthiness that holds you back from receiving the things that have freely been given to you. He has made a way. 
I said, he has made a way. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, the anointed one in us. You and me, that they may be made perfect in one. How else could he have a relationship with us? <laughs> See, here's the problem. Here's part of the problem. We don't understand how holy God is. We really don't. If we really understood how holy God is, we would understand that there's no way that we could have fellowship with him unless he did something great and miraculous for us. He did it all. So that we could have fellowship with him. When you get an under, a revelation of his holiness, then you understand that your, right, your righteousness can't get you in there. The only thing that can get you in there is his righteousness. And who he is. And what he has done. And what he continues to do in and through us. By way of the anointing. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. <laughs> I mean, when you think about that, that's what he said. He prayed that, that Father, Father God would help us to understand. That he loves us just as much as he loves Jesus Christ. <laughs> How could that be? The only way it could be is because of mercy and grace. I can't earn that. Can you? I can't earn that. The only way that I can experience that is because of the love of the Father. I'm reminded when the prodigal came back. The boy came back repentant and everything. He said, uh, I'll be just like one of your hired servants. Just take me back. The father wasn't trying to listen to him at all. <laughs> he said, bring the robe, the best robe. Put a ring on his finger. <laughs> For my son who was lost been found you see that's the love of the father i i don't know the only the only way i've had a relationship with god since i got born again is to know him that way because in myself i know i'm unworthy i know i'm unworthy in myself but i don't look at myself in myself i look at myself through the word of god now See, I view myself as God views me by way of the word. And it makes me acceptable to him when I view myself that way. So all that false humility, all that false pride, all that, that's, that's pride in itself. That false humility. It's all about Jesus and what he has done. It's all about him and it will always be about him. I wish I had somebody tonight. Who understood? Because this is this is what it's all about. 
getting to that place where we abandon ourselves to him and recognize what he has done for us. And, and, and what that will do when you begin to think like that, that, that causes you to just want to live at his feet. Because you know that you know that you know that, that that's the only place you belong is at his feet. That's our rightful place at his feet to worship him at his feet. To let him know that we know that he did it all. That's where he wants us. So the church is built upon the foundation that it has been made one with Christ and almighty God. That's good news. Everything I'm preaching is good news. Amen. To know that we're, we've been made one with him or through him. Let's go to the book of Philippians. Verse 8. Paul says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul says that the knowledge or the revelation of Christ is the most important thing in his relationship with God. That's what, that's what I'm hearing him say here. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. What I know about what he has done for me in terms of the power of his blood, the power of his cross, the power of his resurrection, all of those things, that's the most important part in Paul's thinking. For for I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. Then he says here in verse 9. I love it. And be found in him. He's lost sight of himself. I think it was him who said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by the faith of the Son of God. His connection with God through divine revelation calls him to have an understanding of his oneness with God through Jesus. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Which is of the law. You can live under the law if you want to, but I, I'm not going to live under the law. I was not born again to live under the law. Amen. Because the scripture says that. But that which is through what? The faith of Christ and the righteousness which is of God. 
So my righteousness is not my righteousness, it's God's righteousness. And he says, I can experience his righteousness if I let go of my own. Because that's, that's when I begin to tap in the power to live holy. Some folks trying to live holy in their own strength. You can't live holy in your own strength. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need a moment-by-moment moment dependence upon the Holy Ghost. That's how you die to self, is by a, de- a total dependency upon the Holy Spirit. And upon the anointing one, the anointed one. That's what Paul is talking about. And be found in him. Not, not, not in Paul, but be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So I gotta release my faith for this. It's all about faith. It's all about a, a revelation and a, and a, and a, a faith in a, the revelation that you got. And he says here in verse 10, that I may know him. There it is. That I may have an intimacy with him. A real intimacy. Take off the grave clothes. Take off the false, the, the mask. Hallelujah. And know him. Take out the church facade and know him. And the Bible says, and the power of his resurrection. Paul said, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to be a worshiper. I want to know him. I want to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Endless. But I want to know the power of his resurrection. Paul was fascinated with that. He said, I want to know what happened inside of that tomb. Because some, some, some theologians say that the resurrection was the greatest demonstration of the power of God. That God had ever shown. And Paul said, I want to know about that. I want to know the power of that resurrection. And the connection to that, I got to know the fellowship of his sufferings. If if I'm going to get that deep, if I'm going to go that deep, I got to know what Jesus knew. In terms of the things that he suffered. The rejection. Folk turning their back on you. When you start getting deep like that, people going to think you crazy, number one. A lot of folks say, they're not going to want to have fellowship with you because you done went off the deep end. You done, you, you done, you done went left. So they ain't gonna wanna, they're not going to want to really have fellowship. When you get really off into that thing, people, they're going to look at you funny. And they're going to talk about you. And they're going to say things about you behind your back, but you shouldn't care. You shouldn't care because this is what they did to him when he was on the earth. Amen. We, we got a we got a fellowship in some of that rejection. 
even family members. You get a little too deep, and I ain't, I don't want to go get that deep. Well, I, I tell you what, I got to keep on going. I want, I want to get that deep. I want to know him. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. And if I got to suffer a little bit, so be it. So be it. And that's where power was. I got to close. I got to close. I got more. But I have to close. I, w- I want to pray. Would y'all stand to your feet? God, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight for your son. We thank you tonight, Lord, for what he has done for us. Father, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. Oh, God, we love you tonight. You've done everything for us. Thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you for the resurrection life that dwells within each and every one of us tonight through faith in your son. God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this area. Help us to understand, God, that river of living water that dwells within. Teach us, oh God, how to drink from that river. Teach us, oh God, how to grasp the realities of what you have done for us by way of the anointing. Jesus said that the church was built upon the foundation that he has anointed. We, Father, because of that, help us to grasp that and to walk in that, to walk in him, to walk in him, which is your will. Begin to use us in this hour like never before. Because of the mighty power of your Holy Spirit dwelling within. Teach us how to release this power, your power. That we we might glorify our Savior as his church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you.